welcome to the podcast. Pilates for PTs, from business to clinical. Hi, y'all. My name is Stephen Dunn. I co-own Core Therapy and Pilates in Austin, Texas, and I'm the founder of Pilates for PTs. I've been a physical therapist for over 20 years, and I've been teaching Pilates and gyrotonic in my physical therapy practice for the last 15 years. In this podcast, I interview experts from all over the world so that you can learn more on how to grow your business or how to improve your clinical skills as a Pilates instructor in the physical therapy world. Thanks for listening. All right. All right. Perfect. We're on. We're live. All right, guys. Welcome to the podcast today. And we have Andy with us, Dr. Andy. And Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, you're, you're not just a physical therapist. Tell us a little bit about your, your background and your education real quick. So, yeah, I'm both a physical therapist and an occupational therapist now working for Steven. And then I'm in the process of becoming a hand therapist and collecting hours right now. And then, but then right now, um, just got certified becoming a Pilates instructor not too long ago, but then starting to incorporating that in treating patients now. And that's what we're going to dive deep in for in just a second here. And just to bring up something else, you've just started a new training here at the studio. Tell us a little bit about the new training that you started. Yep. So I just started a teacher training for gyrotonic <clears throat> in the studio. It's a different exercise system. Gyrotonic is a different method. Um, but then it has very similar focus on engaging the core muscles, but then it has a more focus of mobility of the spine, especially the rotation component, and also moving to the spine and the, our body to the full range of motion, which is a little bit different to Pilates. The main focus of Pilates is that whenever you are moving, the mobility is based on core stability. It's a mobility based on stability type of exercise, but then gyrotonic has a lot more focus on mobility stretching to the end range. It can be beneficial to different types of people like in different ways but then both can be complementary to each other would be a good fit for a lot of the clients we are seeing here now you were exposed to both of these methods pilates and and gyrotonic back when you were still in school in taiwan i believe yeah tell us a little bit about that is that correct we have a professor she's um, not only into a lot of the research, but then also into a lot of the alternative approaches, alter- alternative medicine type of approaches to help out with the patients. She not only introduced a lot of continuing education courses to practicing clinicians, she also tried to bring in some guest speakers so that we have some exposure while in our third year in PD school. Third year is actually our last year because the fourth year, it's our, the entire year is for internship. So I love it. And again, this was stuff that I learned outside of school years after being out 
And um, I wish I would have had some exposure to it at a little bit of an earlier time. So, um, all right. Well, let's talk about today's topic. Um, we, we've um, Andy and I have been going through this uh, process where I several, uh, I guess about a year ago, he started looking at the where to get certified, how to get certified, the steps. You know, what do I need to do to become a Pilates teacher? And he was living in New York City at the time, and I kind of started helping help guide him on some things to look for and some ways to kind of find a, a, a teacher training program. Um, and the the end goal is to finish the 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 PMA exam, the Pilates Method exam. And the the way it really is set up now is that the true certification in Pilates is through the Pilates Method Alliance. There's many schools that you can get trained in. And it's kind of like, I always like to say, it's like the PT school. You can go to PT school anywhere. And anywhere. hey, Karen, how are you, girl? Um, you can go to PT school anywhere, but the PMA exam is kind of like the MPTE exam for PTs. It's like you can go anywhere, and they're preparing you to take the, the national accredited exam. And so Andy just took the PMA exam. So let, let's tell, tell us Tell the audience a little bit about the, the process to, first of all, get to the PMA exam, and then we'll dive into the exam in just a bit. Okay, so a uh, Pilates instructor who completed a com comprehensive training from any of the Pilates schools are eligible to take the test, so pretty much the requirement before going to sit for the exam is you have to complete a comprehensive Pilates teacher training, which means you not only have the mat training, but then you are also being trained on um, different apparatuses like the reformer, the ladder barrel, spine corrector, and also the combo chair, um, and then the Cadillac or the tower unit. And then after you have the training in each component, usually there are additional courses or workshops that addresses things like special cases, special body conditions, and then also a very brief introduction about anatomy and physiology. And then those are also covered in the testing. And then so, Basically, if you went through the entire comprehensive teacher training program, you are technically eligible to sit for the exam. And how many hours, roughly, was was were required to finish the training? And how many of those hours were like learning from a teacher versus doing self practice or maybe observation? And so, per <clears throat> PMA. Um, regulation, I think the minimal requirement is 450 hours, okay. and then um, those hours include you actually taking the class, taking classes as a client, or you observe Pilates classes in a studio, or you practice teaching either as an apprentice or work for a studio observation teaching taking classes and then or you practice on your own like these are the ways to collect hours Got it. yeah and and once you collect those hours then you're you're eligible to sit for the exam yeah now, exactly. 
once you start, once you um, were ready to sit for the exam, <clears throat> did, what kind of preparation did you do to go into the exam on top of obviously the the training that you just completed? So this is actually a very good question, and uh, I would say that students graduating from different Pilates schools might require a little bit different of uh, the type of preparation they need to sit for the exam. Um, so for me, when I received my Pilates teacher training from the studio in New York, that is a more classical <coughs> Pilates studio. And then so for classical studios, um, their programs tend to cover a lot about the original sequence developed by Joseph Pilates for the mat exercises and then for the reformer exercises and then the names of the techniques, the actual sequence, the choreography, they are really emphasized so for the method itself I feel very comfortable. I feel like I know the method inside out so for that part wasn't a really big challenge for me. For a lot of my um, other students, my classmates going through this teacher training with me at the same time, they feel like some points, they feel like a little bit of a weakness to them is the anatomy and then the special cases part. However, as a practicing PT and OT, uh, that, that was helpful for me to utilize my past experience and then background knowledge to help me with that so that part wasn't too much of a challenge for me either plus I also purchased the study guide published by the PMA to prepare for the exam mm -hmm. so the only thing I relied on is just the study guide and what was in the study guide that wasn't in your training program Pretty much everything is included, but then they dived into the special cases for different body conditions more. Gotcha. Like some contraindications for yeah. osteoporosis and back pain. Yeah, exactly. Herniated discs, stenosis, mm -hmm. those things. Yeah. Got but then other things like the original choreography sequence and then the ethic codes, scope of practice. Um, and then how to manage a studio and then maintain the equipment and then also like ways to document those are the things that we've already learned in our training. Got it. Got it. You mentioned manage the studio. Tell me a little bit more about that. Was that in the, the study guide? Yeah. As well as in your training? Yeah. And when you say manage the studio, is that kind of like like from a like a business standpoint, or more from like like uh, tell me tell me more about it's what more that means about not daily sure. operation. Okay. Like for example, a patient, uh, not a patient, a client just uh, <clears throat> comes in. She said she has some past experience about doing Pilates, but then she wants to do a math class with you and uh, in this case scenario what would you do and then things like that and then there are some principles you need to consider like you always have to maintain safety while also maintain the flow of the class of the studio going smoothly so things like that so like you even though you 
like her, the patients that the clients that they have past experience doing Pilates, but then you probably still want the client to join the class, follow the flow instead of letting her to practice her own stuff on her own, just to make sure everybody is safe and then the flow is smooth, things like that. And then a lot of scenario-based questions that's describing the actual scenarios that can happen in a Pilates studio. Got it, got it. Okay, good answer. Now, um, let me ask you this. Is when you get to the PMA exam, it's all um, multiple choice, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you recall how many uh, questions there were? I think that was like almost 200 questions. Okay. Yeah, 200. 200 questions, multiple choice. Yeah. And prior, in your training, you did a practical exam, correct? Mm -hmm. So a practical exam was already done to basically give you the, you know, the documentation or the paperwork you needed to sit for the PMA yeah. exam. And then with the PMA exam, if you're a physical therapist, you obviously have a good understanding of some of these contraindications. But if you're going through the uh, pro, uh, Pilates program and you're not a physical therapist and don't, don't have that background, then that would be a little different. And that where that study yeah. that study guide would be very that very study important. That study guide will be very helpful. Yeah, and 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 of course, as even being a practicing physical therapist, reviewing it and knowing what they're interested in is is the information they're they're wanting you to know is certainly of a value. Um, what would what would you say as, as far as the um, the exam is concerned? Was it was it more about understanding the work? Was it more about understanding the contraindications? Was it more a combination of all that? What was the exam kind of, what did they kind of pick and hit on the most? I think it's, um, <clears throat> to me, it's more like about understand how they are asking from those questions. And then a lot of time you feel like you know the concept but that it's the way they describe the questions it's it may not be how you would understand until you practice on the practice exam you see the answers and then you finally realize what they are asking for i feel like a big chunk of it is to know what they are asking because yeah. the content itself to me it's not really that hard like every Pilates school probably would cover mm -hmm. the method um, the body conditions um, all the contents at some point yeah it's just the way they deliver that that might be something we need to un to understand more in order to be successful during the test and I remember it's been some time since I've taken it, maybe eight or ten years, I can't remember exactly. Um, but when I took it, um, there was a big emphasis on the like planes, frontal plane, you know, transverse plane. Um, and they would list a series of exercises and say like, oh, if someone has osteoporosis, they would list a series of exercises in a certain plane and one of them just would be completely out of the plane. So one of them wouldn't exist. And then you would have to kind of pick and choose the answer. Um, based on understanding the, the condition, understanding the names of the exercises, but also understanding the planes of movement, there seemed to, to be a, a pretty heavy emphasis on the planes of movement. Is that still, is that, do, you, do you recall that as being the case? Um, part of the test questions are like that. Yeah. And then also there's a huge chunk that's related to some postural assessment and then 
related to anatomy like if the patient or the client presents with um, one hip or one side of pelvis higher than the other which muscles in the leg can be shortened which muscles in the leg can be lengthened mm -hmm. on which side like some postural assessment that type of things and then if a patient presents with uh, excessive lumbolordotic posture which muscles can potentially be inhibited which muscles can potentially be shortened things like that and then um, like a lot of questions related to postural assessment got it got it and and was there a rush on time for you or did you feel comfortable with time, having enough time to complete it right they and allowed the test takers to have three hours to complete that but then i think i finished that in less than two hours so definitely plenty of time and what was the cost of the course do you i mean of the test do you recall the cost of the course is like i think that was almost two hundred dollars gotcha and then that can be different um, because when I was registering for the test, I wasn't a member for the PMA. But then if you are a member for the PMA, you will get discount, a discounted price for that. The dogs have arrived. And then this is another point I would like to mention is that if you are currently enrolled in a Pilates teacher training program make sure you join the PMA right now because you will get a student membership price which is uh, less than 50% of the regular price so definitely well, worth savings there yeah <clears throat> pays then, for the membership probably yeah, and right then there you pay for the membership for one year and then right after you graduate from the teacher training program you are able to sit for the exam and then you can use the discounted rate to register for the exam immediately now I, i'm pretty sure that um physical therapists were involved in writing the exam did you could you tell there was like a, a feel like the physical therapists were writing it from the postural assessment part yes yeah but then you just brought up that point i was actually very surprised that some of the questions are very very vague and i don't actually think any physical therapist should write that out <laughs> So this, some are vague and some are pretty specific. Yeah, and a very specific example is if like lumbar lordosis, lumbar lordosis is the normal curve of the lumbar spine. So if um, is lumbar lordosis a convexity or a concavity, that's the only thing they say about the question. And then what would you think? Um, are you seeing that from the front? Are you seeing that from the back? And if you see that from the side, it's neither of them. <laughs> and then they're asking you what that is. And then, like, I was very surprised the question could be like that. But then, let me just share with you guys now. If you do see this question, that's concavity. Because when you are assessing the posture of a client, you are pretty much seeing that from 
outside and then mostly seeing the patient's posture from their back. So if you see that from their back, that's a concavity. So, Makes sense. So that's the answer. You're not going to find that in the study <laughs> and then you're not going to learn it this way in PT school because we learn everything very specifically in PT school. But then that's the answer. Remember that. <laughs> Now, for anyone that's in the process of, again, getting their training and they're, they're getting ready for the PMA, is, other than the PMA study guide, is there any other tips or, or tricks that, that you would suggest? Definitely practice the entire sequence yourself from start to finish. So if you put that into practice, the sequence would be internalized so you don't have to really memorize the sequence and then you would know the individual techniques better you know which one is more extension based which one is more flexion based which one has a twist component which is contraindicated for certain body conditions things like that and then those would be helpful so really not just reading through the material but actually practice that and uh, practice as a chunk for the entire sequence that will be very helpful yeah i agree with that and that's that's kind of what i did um the, i'd been in the pilates world for some time <clears throat> i went through a training before the pma exam existed and so by the time i took the pma exam i'd been out working as a pt teaching pilates in my practice for years and what happened for me is that i had unlearn the names because I wasn't writing those names in the charts with what are documenting the names. I was more documenting. Um, I'd kind of was documenting more names. that was, um, used to being used in the physical therapy world, even though I was saying the same thing about Pilates exercises, but with more of a PT lingo. So for me, I kind of had to relearn the names of, of the exercises because I had created my own language <clears throat> that I was trying to not get, um, denied for my reimbursements when I was dealing with insurance. So with that said, uh, the day before the exam, I wrote all of the exercises on a whiteboard and I set them up next to the reformer, set them up next to the trap table, and I did every exercise while reading the name, feeling it in my body while seeing the name. And I did that and I went through it once um, and that was kind of, and I went through the same study guide as you and that was what I was able to, by doing that, I was able to pass and I actually did fairly well on it. I don't think I missed too many, uh, you know, I made, I was in the, I made, I did better. I'll just say I did better than my PT exam. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but that was the one tip that I would give is it, it just, and, and that's for me, my learning process is feeling it and doing it versus just reading it in the book. Like uh, Andy said, was not necessarily going to be of much benefit for me. Um, so that was, uh, that's kind of, uh, Andy just gone through the process, uh, from Pilates training to certified through the PMA. Now, what is they, They've changed some of the PMA uh, names and stuff. So what are you now? Like for me, when I went through, I got a PMA dash certified Pilates teacher. What are you, what's what is it called now? Uh, my credential is NCPT nationally certified Pilates teacher. NCPT. So that's a, again, a new, that's a new name versus what, what, what mine was PMA certified. So, all right, Andy, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. We've been talking about doing this for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Uh, when you did the, when you got through the test, 
Um, but I know that people are out there trying to figure out what the steps are and, and, and how to get certified. That's one of the biggest questions that I get is how to get certified. And there's so many ways to get certified as far as there's so many training programs to go through. And there's one way to get certified through the PMA exam. And Andy just kind of brought you through his story and how he made that happen for himself. Um, anything else to add to that, Andy? And that's it. And last but not least, Pilates is definitely a very good exercise modality um, that can be very beneficial to many clients, but then also to us as clinicians, as PTs, that can make us stronger, make our own movement more Great efficient. Point. And then when we are applying certain techniques, you need that efficiency, movement efficiency, so that you can perform certain techniques more effectively while minimizing the stress you put on your own body. So that can be very beneficial. I like it. That makes a, that makes a great point. And I was pretty weak when I <clears throat> started my Pilates program. I'd been a PT for three years and was pretty slouched and hunched over. I lost a lot of my height. I was no longer 6'2". I was definitely more like 5'11 or 6 feet because I just slouched down and I didn't even know how to get into the position that now is actually comfortable. Um, but it taught me that and that's a part of why I wanted to share it with all my patients because it was the first thing that actually taught me to stand up straight. It was the first thing that, that I was able to do and like own and really apply to my life. And by applying it to my life, I was like, hmm, I know this is something I can teach to my patients. I know it's something that's, if I can do it, they can learn it. And that's kind of the way that I went into designing my career and my clinic which we now call a studio based on those ideas so all right well that's what we got for you today on the pilates for pts podcast uh thanks for joining us um again we got andy on board who is a physical therapist an occupational therapist certified in manual therapy uh working on his certification in hand therapy and is now certified pilates national certified Pilates teacher? There we go. There we go. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Thank you all for watching. Uh, if you have any comments, put them below and we would, uh, we'll be happy to answer them and uh, get some information to you. All right. Y'all take care. Have a great day. Bye everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, could you do us a favor and leave some love and write us a review? My name is Stephen Dunn. I help physical therapists incorporate Pilates into their physical therapy practice. If you would like more information, on how you can incorporate Pilates into your physical therapy practice, then like my Facebook page, Pilates for PTs.